Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome everybody to a, another episode of the Celtic Way podcast. I am excited today. Of course, I'm with Celtic Way creative director, Scott Jenkins, and we have a special guest today, Diane Bryant. You've heard Diane on this podcast before, but now we're going to dive into some wonderful and meaningful and enlightening dialogue together, which I think will be fun. And our topic today, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for this one, guys, but we are talking about what's coming, which is the dark half of the year. And (laughs) uh, man, that means winter, right? Yep, the dark half of the year, we welcome Samhain, is how it's pronounced, Samhain winter. In terms of calendars, it started like around All Saints Day, November 1st, Halloween, All Hallows Eve, that kind of thing. And the reason I want to do this is is because as you kind of describe, Matt, it's joyfully, you're looking forward to it. And the thing is, Scott, if if you live where we all live, it yeah. truly is the dark half of the year. It almost covers half of the calendar year it for does. us. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Got to think twice now about moving to Wisconsin. <laughs> 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 and I guess that's part of why I wanted to bring this up in my conversation with Diane. She has great things and good things that are all true about the positive part of this time of year. It's the time of year our society and every aspect of who we are pushes aside, doesn't want to deal with. We have to be happy up, you know, everything's good all the time. There is goodness, deep goodness that comes from entering in and facing this season. Um, But it is that even the whole word, the dark, like the dark in our society has become this negative thing. And Diane's going to help us to see that's not true. But I do want to just say this one thing, and then I'm going to really turn it over to you, Diane. Uh, And that is the Celts didn't keep a calendar Winter is not a fixed date, you know? So like today, outside my window, it's almost 70 degrees. The leaves are still on the trees here. When Chris and I were up in Estes last week, we had a couple days of snow. I mean, the kind of snow that covers the ground until the sun comes out, right? And then it's gone. So winter, I would say in the last 10 years when I've been paying attention It's dragging its feet. This whole thing about warming the planet, all that shit is real. Because we had signs up in Estes that the bears are out still looking for their last big meal before hibernation. And I'm like, okay, something's going on here. (laughs) But I do believe that it's coming. And there are signs. There are little signs. But Diane, one of the reasons I really wanted you on here is because you have lived experience around your interaction with the seasons. It shapes and forms who you are as a person, and it certainly has brought some depth and breadth to your own Christian spirituality. So I'd like to hear you clue us in about Well, what kind of invitations and offerings do you see that are coming from this season in particular? You know, Scott, as you're talking about 
the external signs of of winter coming on that we always look for and how they're changing. One of the things I do think about, however, is that the sun still has its traverse across the skies in the same way that brings those hours of light and darkness to us in the southern and the northern hemisphere at the times that that occurs. So that path, <laughs> thankfully, humans have not altered yet, you know, <laughs> that we still have hours of darkness and that doesn't change until we move into the winter solstice in December. But I believe that a piece of the seasons, especially from the point of view of Celtic spirituality, is to look at what each of these seasons in creation bring to us. And they all bring gifts and invitations, as you said, Scott. So one of the things I, I consider, and, and these have been learning and growth things for me as well. I know that in the past podcast, you've talked about the slow movement of God. And and boy, this is some of that. In November with Sawin, the, the end of summer, that terminology that's, that means in light and dark, we have an invitation to remember what the last six months gave us. That's a, a big piece of entering into the season of dark is, is gratitude and thankfulness for what the season provided for us, the abundance and the nourishment that gave us enough to carry on into the next season. So gratitude really is an invitation. And, you know, the ancient peoples, they did that beautifully because that's all they knew and had. They were grateful for how they could set aside for the winter enough nourishment to get them through. And then they waited. They waited for what was coming. We have electricity and heat at grocery stores. And so we don't pause for that kind of thing. We're not forced to pause right. to be grateful for what the earth has given us. That's such a beautiful piece of Celtic spirituality is the gratitude for what this earth has given us. You know, you and I know the earth could go on beautifully well without humans, but humans could not exist without what the gifts of the earth give us. And Celtic spirituality so much speaks to that. So what I consider as one of the gifts that we can begin to receive is to pause in the moments of our day to think about ah, what expression of gratitude can I do in this very simple aspect of what I'm doing today. I love that the Celtic people had a blessing for everything, just about everything they did, from milking the cow to kneading the bread to sharing and laughter. They blessed and were grateful for everything that happened. If we could pick that up in a way that becomes the way that we live, that would change a lot. It really would. And so that's one of the invitations, I think, as we move from the end of summer into the beginning of darkness is that practice of gratitude. And it, it doesn't come easily. It is a practice. It's a practice of, I am grateful for this moment right now. So that, for me, is one of the invitations. It reminds me of my grandma who lived outside of Denver, Iowa. She milked cows. She <laughs> practiced gratitude. She always told me, if you don't know the words thank you after every time somebody does something for you, you you're entitled. You think you deserve this. It's not true. And my grandma came in. When you're a little boy and it's the grandma you love and you see her leg bleeding, yeah. right? And it's big lump on it. My grandma's sitting down. She's trying to wash this out and this wound and everything. I said, Grandma, what happened? And she said, the cow kicked me. Oh, I said, that's terrible. And my grandma was quoting something from the Bible, like, and everything give thanks or something like that. You know, and she's just spouting this off. And I'm like, Grandma, how can you give thanks? She said, well, I learned something just 
immeasurable. I said, what was it? Don't sit so close to the (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's a gratitude for what you've learned because of that as well. It is a discipline. Yeah. One of the things that I've been learning in my attempts to slow down in life is I've been reading a book and it encourages you to focus on the small things and to slow down. And the first week of me reading this book takes it down to the the basic nature of even focusing on your breath and being aware of your breath. And part of it goes right along with that because they were saying that there's this exercise where you breathe in and you even say, I'm breathing in, I'm calming my body. Then you say, I breathe out. And then after you breathe out, you say, and I'm present in this moment and this moment matters. And so it's kind of that idea of making sure that we pay attention to every little thing, which is hard to do. And I think winter offers us a great opportunity, even through the seasons to do that. You mentioned something, Matt, when you said that, which is another invitation of winter of mm, stepping back a little bit, taking some space to just breathe in a different way. Moving into that season of dark allows us, again, an invitation, which we see in the nature around us to be dormant, the hibernate, you mentioned that, Scott. The bear isn't ready to do that yet because we've kept it a little too warm. But, you know, to hibernate, to conserve our energy, sometimes that's not a good thing because that might, might mean laying on the couch and indulging in way too many snacks. But the idea of purposefully <laughs> slowing down. Again, in the northern hemisphere, we see those evidences of creation doing that. A resting is really necessary in creation before new can germinate. So that too is an invitation for us. How can we intentionally choose to pause and rest so that what can become new can start to germinate? Again, we have a 24-7 lifestyle that isn't forced in dormancy. We can be active 24-7. The lights are always on. There's always somewhere to go, something to do. There's always another late night, whatever you can watch. So dormancy in the ancients of Celtic and all the ancients, the season determined that dormancy happened and they just had to do what they did when it was to be enclosed in winter. When we think about winter, some of the greatest memories are those moments when it snows so much and it's so bad that we are quite literally stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Nobody can go to work. Nobody can so much as get outside of their driveway. And when I talk with my kids about winter, often those are the points that they'll bring up. Remember that time when it snowed so much that we were all stuck at home and all we could do is play in the snow or eat together or whatever it was. And so even in our society where we have all-wheel drive vehicles, and we can get places that we, you know, the ancient Celts couldn't have gotten to. Every once in a while, the seasons remind us Mm. just how powerful they are. And no matter how strong our will may be to keep going, even in the midst of that, winter sometimes can force us to take those moments of pause. Yes. And it's almost breathtaking when that happens, don't you think? It's like, wow, this is just a a gift and we can go play in it. We can just appreciate it for what it is i i hear you i do i'm starting to feel <laughs> i starting to feel like an old part listening to this though <laughs> i mean really because here are two things that you've mentioned that are so true and so real gratitude and slowing down right now if i'm matt's age or younger i just turn this podcast off i'm like what the hell is this 
You know, I mean, you all are old and you should slow down and you should give thanks and leave me alone. You know, this is countercultural, right? I mean, I'm yeah. down here in Denver where I work and right outside my door are people in their 20s and 30s. You know, we've had these conversations and they're like, oh, I love you, Father Scott. Are you done yet? And I think I want to get to the to the core of this, Diana, because what you're saying is right. But why is it important? Where is the benefit? I guess at the heart of spirituality is, do we really want it, no matter what age we are? And that spirituality requires a desire and an intentionality to seek after it. And Even in a society that says, yes, I want it right it, exactly. now. Yeah. And, and not yeah. that I'm speaking to the 20-somethings here. I'm speaking maybe to the 40-somethings, but I so fight against that innate thing that's supposed to be in us that wants to slow down with the seasons. Even when I know we're going to have a snowstorm, I turn my truck around so that I have a running start at my driveway. That And that's full disclosure. I'm not even telling a joke. I actually do that because that's how much I try to avoid slowing down. Yet in those moments, when I actually do it, it is the most life-giving thing I think I experience. And and so therein lies the choice. It's unlearning what our culture has poured into us over, you know, the time of our lifetime. Whatever age we're at, a culture that tells us more is always available to you right now and you can get what you want when you want and what yeah. whatever you want is going to fulfill the deep places of your soul. And there's the lie. But unless we choose to intentionally stop and pursue some of those things, we will never know. If you don't jump off the edge of the cliff, you'll never know what the freedom of flying might feel like. So, so if you don't take an opportunity to walk into exploring what this season might do to your inner soul, whether you're 80 and cantankerous and you want to continue being 80 and cantankerous, that's your choice. Or you want <laughs> to find something that is much more deeply satisfying and beautiful that connects you to the beauty of life. That's what might be in it, whether you're 20 or 80. Mm -hmm. And this, this beauty of what has surrounds us, even in the midst of, of all that harkens to what is not good. And yet there is inherent good and beauty. And we don't find it by continuing to live the way the culture says we have to live. It's that countercultural stuff. I'm thinking of some like super practical things, you know, based on what you're saying, things that we've explored as a family. Number one is we designed our house. So there's no wall that a TV fits on very well. And so we often just put our TV in the basement and we very rarely spend time around it unless we're going to do a family event, but we get it out of the way. So it's not tempting, I guess, is one thing. The other thing, obviously for young people, especially, but I think for all of us is disconnecting from our phones and from social media, when we have those opportunities to be home with one another, to set those things aside. And then probably the most vital and important thing that we've done in our family is just commit to eating together especially mm -hmm. dinner time, you know, taking that time to slow down. And the beautiful thing about that is we just give that space or we have given that space. One of my kids is out of the house now, but we've given that space to 
last as long as it needs to. And the beauty is then our kids will start talking and it's not rare for us to be around the dinner table for an hour and a half, two hours, obviously not eating, but just listening and slowing down and taking that really sacred time. Cause when I think about slowing down, that's the word I attach to it. I, mm-hmm. I attach sacred to that space as much, much as it's difficult for me. Mm-hmm that does represent the sacred to me. And I think most people would agree with that yet. Most people still like I do fight against it. And that's why we need podcasts that people might listen to, to begin to think about, wow, what am I missing? If this mm. isn't something I've invested in, in my life, yeah. what, what becomes sacred in my life? If there's nothing there that I choose to allow to change it, Matt, you talk about relationship. That's what you were just talking about there. Mm-hmm. That's another invitation of this, this season yeah. is how do we nurture the relationships in our lives? And um, this is an opportunity to do that because we can be settled in more deeply. We don't have to choose to go do a million things in the dark. We can nurture relationships together in front of a fire with a cup of coffee. We can choose to listen perhaps to each other's stories in a different way. Maybe we really listen to what's going on in our kids' lives or our grandkids, or ask them to tell us, hey, what's going on in your life right now? I like that about the stories of our lives because the storyteller in our lives today is so often Mm -hmm. the internet or the television. Mm -hmm. You know, we're Mm -hmm. really disconnected. My grandkids were over the other day and they're like, Grandpa, tell us stories about mom when she was a, a young girl. I'm like, really? Yeah, no, we want to hear about mom. What was she like as a teenager? And they would all laugh, you know, and, <laughs> and I, but, but they didn't know, yeah. you know, yeah. and they want tell me, uh, tell me about when Aunt Bevy was young. I think all of us enjoy a great story. We enjoy being around the fireplace yeah. at the dinner table, laughing or crying around a great story. It's that's yep. You know, that's what Jesus did. He told stories yeah. because he that connected with people. And stories really... They really inform our lives. Um, and, and as you said, Scott, if we're receiving those stories from media and everything else out there, we become diminished, I think, you know, and God informs our stories. And so stories inform our life and we need that. So mm-hmm. we become diminished people. And as you said, Matt, what are we doing to ourselves without the beauty of intimacy and relationship and story. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the challenge of this podcast is as we enter into this dark season, focus on becoming storytellers with one mm-hmm. another, focus on yeah. story. And yeah. that will connect generationally. That mm-hmm. will connect across every divide because that's universal. We all have stories and we all love to hear each other's stories. Yeah. You get to a certain point in your life where you want to realize those stories are a part of me. If I haven't heard them, who am I? And that's why they're so, 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 so necessary in all of that. I think one other thing that I really want to include as we look at darkness too, is the landscape around us. Another invitation and gift that we have is, is the landscape. Celtic spirituality and peoples were very much engaged with the elements, the earth, the animals, everything around them. And so we have, I I think, a beautiful opportunity again, instead of being infused with something else telling us what is real. In winter, we have that opportunity to view our landscape with all of our senses. I think what spring, summer, and fall do is engage the eyes. (laughs) You know, we see all this exuberance and all this color and all this drama, and it's beautiful. 
but we take it in mostly with our eyes. But in the darkness of the winter landscape, we can enter in outside and explore the variations between gray and light and dark with all of our senses. Maybe we can listen to when we get those, you know, 12 inch snowfalls and you can walk out in the silence can be threatening almost. It's so silent, you know, or you walk in the woods, you can hear the snowfall, you know, using your ears, using your, your nose to smell. What does it smell like? What's snow smell like? Beginning to ask in wonder how this landscape is so different and what gift can it bring us when we engage in it with all that we are versus just dreading that it's coming and thinking you know, it only gets ugly come March because it gets gray and yucky looking. But, but no, it has a gift to bring to us. And there's wonder in that. And I think we lose wonder as well. That's a great word, Diane, that idea of wonder, because we do, I think that's a bit of a universal term that we use specific to winter, winter wonderland, right? So I I sat next to this young woman today, 27, and she was talking about how she's fed up with the fast pace of society of overcrowdedness, how there is such a gap between those who have so much and then so many have so little, you know. She's like, she put her hands on her head. She goes, this is not the way we're supposed to live, you know. And then she began expounding like, we need to go slower. She said, I might have a deep conversation maybe with three or four people throughout the day but I don't linger with them. I don't build community. We're friends, but I mean, we don't see each other maybe once a week. And when we connect, oh, it's so good. We have this intense hour and then we're off again. And she was bemoaning this whole thing. Like, I don't belong. Where do I deeply belong? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the gift of winter with slowness and gratitude almost makes us slow down to the point without thinking. Like when you go to the mountains after living in Denver for months and months and you get away and you go to the mountains for four days without realizing it, that cold air, the snow that fell, everything is secretly renewing and refreshing us on a cellular level. It's like calling us back to the earth, you know, without those quiet spaces. We cannot belong even to ourselves. Right. Yeah. And if we can't belong to ourselves, how can we belong to one another? You can. Exactly. Exactly. And the winter calls us to the life-giving death, right? (laughs) There are certain things that have to die. In nature, the branches fall, the leaves fall, they get mulched right back into the earth. So when springtime comes, the earth has something to give and regenerate with, you know. It's not always a pleasant thought, but I think it's profound that in our own journeys, something needs to die, and we need to slow down and spend time and ask ourselves, what is that? Mm -hmm. Because we won't have a real spring in our life if we don't do that. And it's, it's honoring an inner wisdom that we may not be aware of unless we venture into allowing and reflecting on what needs to die or what has died to allow that inner wisdom to begin to speak to what we can continue to become. And if we're not pausing, we don't have the space to allow that to happen in those spaces of our souls. It's so necessary to become whole people and well people. 
yeah. know how to love one another and the earth around us. Absolutely. Those were great concluding words, Diane. I appreciated the call to reflection and to ponder, to have a heart full of gratitude and to be silent. That's where transformation happens. Mm -hmm. The great wisdom masters of our tradition, the Jewish Christian tradition, tell us that. So let's close, shall we? With a blessing for silence. For silence. May your silence take you back to the mystery of creation before the word spoke everything into being. May you recognize deep within your silence the vibrancy, strength, and love within your soul, the very goodness of which you were made. May you feel a belonging contained by your silence that creates the safety, groundedness, and trust to attend to the voice of another. Special thanks to Diane Bryant for joining this episode. For more information or to become a sustainable member, go to CelticWay.org. To support this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it, give it a five-star rating, and write a review.